Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song Taught me how to sing So God is on the move, and He's doing stuff, and people are responding, and um, and I just am so excited for Esther, and I'm excited for any one of us who are being invited into the what Tiffany and I have recently discovered. We're we're calling it storyline number two. Storyline number one is. Everything's predictable. Everything's under control. And um, and I don't have to face many fears here because actually the reason why is because I've learned the things that make me afraid and I've backed away from them far enough that I don't actually feel afraid anymore. But how about storyline number two where it's like, okay, there's no guarantees. You don't know what's around the next corner. You're not quite sure if you're even going to make it. And you have the one assurance, and that is that Jesus is with you in it. And, um, and so more and more people I know, more and more conversations I'm having, people are saying that they are feeling more invited into storyline number two and that, to me, feels counterintuitive to everything that we've been experiencing over the last 18 months, not only as a nation, as a people, as a global community of people who have been impacted by the uncertainty of a global pandemic and economic uh, you know, struggles with that. And, and, and honestly, it's just like the number of people, the number of individuals and leaders that I've talked to and I can relate to that feel like... Um, there's just so much uncertainty and so much like loss of momentum and so much whatever, whatever, whatever. You know that our human tendency is if we, we're experiencing any form of chaos is to like count, is to like come over here into this like control zone, right? To just like try to make control feel comfortable and try to just make life make sense a little bit. So how amazing is it then that in the midst of all of this uncertainty, people are hearing Jesus invite them into storyline number two. And they're saying yes to it, even though maybe, maybe there's practical good reasons why they would say, no, storyline one's good with me. I'm, I'm okay just trying to maintain some control here. So anyway, that being said, um, this morning, I just want to just thank a couple of people. I want to thank... Tommy for leading a children's ministry. I want to thank Jackie and Tiffany for leading a women's Bible study come mid-September. If you haven't heard about that, then I would like to invite you to reach out to Tiffany or to Jackie and let them know that you're interested because it's going to be a Bible study of women that are going to be meeting on a regular basis throughout this fall. And the, the book that they're going to be like 
jumping off of in their time together. Uh, it's not just a study, I can promise you that. It's going to be life on life, praying for each other, just real encouragement. But the book that's going to be the launching pad for that is a book by Chris Volatin uh, entitled Spiritual Intelligence, The Art of Thinking Like God. So I would just encourage you, if you would like to join in on that, that'd be great. All right. So thank you for all of you who are stepping out into, you know, just giving of yourself and acts of service to this community. Thank you. Uh, So this morning, I want to just kind of just stay down to earth. Uh, This is not going to be a Christian TED Talk. You guys know that in America, like Christian evangelical Christian ministry places a high value on the guy who can deliver an inspirational talk every Sunday morning. And if you can do that, they'll put you in charge of everything. It doesn't matter if you're good at it or not. They'll put you in charge of it all. And, um, and so let me just say here that uh, I, I love what Paul says when he admits, I didn't come with persuasive words. You know, He didn't come with a polished TED Talk. Uh, what he came with was just a willingness to be a conduit of the power of God and the goodness of God and the reality of the kingdom of God, bringing it to earth uh, to, yeah, just the real stuff of life. Bringing it to humanity. Bringing it to people who are finding themselves in those places of um, great need, whether they acknowledge it or not. Uh, and so I love sharing with you all, definitely. Uh, it's one of my highlights. But I would say over the last 18 months, one of the things that has probably brought, um, for me at least, a, a real sense that... Um, there's grace in it and I'm getting some traction in this and I'm seeing some fruit is, is really helping you and others that I meet through formational prayer. And at the, at the heart of that is really a form of prayer counseling that connects people with the reality of who Jesus is, but not just an idea, not just a concept, but actually an experiential communion with the presence of Jesus where they learn, where we all get to learn to become more attuned to him and to his activity in our life. And that, to me, honestly, has been the highlight. So anytime that I get to stand up and blend that with this, I'm like, yes, let's let's go towards the person of Jesus. Let's actually talk a little bit about abiding with Christ and what that means. Because I'm not going to tell you who it was, but last Sunday, probably at around 8 o'clock in the morning, I get this text. And it's from one of your sons. I'm not going to tell you who it is. But I will tell you, one of your sons texted me. And they were like, so here's what I've been thinking about abiding with Jesus. And he goes into this whole thing about, I think it's this, and I think it's this, and I think it's this. What do you think? And then I spend some time replying back in text. And then inviting him for a cup of coffee later in the week and so forth and so on. But here's the point. This is on the hearts of people. Like when I was talking to some friends the other night and they're going through their storyline number two and they're like, oh my gosh, we don't know what's going to happen. It's taking longer than we anticipated. We thought we would be settled. We thought we'd have some resolve in our life. We feel like we're walking by faith constantly. We don't have answers for a lot of things. But one thing we do know, Jesus is with us. And we have experienced, and the, The guy, the husband, is like tearing up now. And he's like, ah. And his wife was like, 
That's called crying, dear. When water squirts out your eyes, it's okay. But anyway, the whole point was this. He wasn't crying because he was sad. He literally said these words. I almost don't want this season to end because of the nearness that I'm experiencing with Jesus. Because the one thing that I have through all of this is an assurance and an abiding place with Jesus. And that's actually better than the uncertainty. I'm like, preach it, man. Listen to John 15, verse 3. You are already clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking to you and I. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So this abiding place that we have with Jesus is real. And it's an invitation that is more than a concept. It's more than just an ideal. It's actually a way. It's a way. A way of doing life. A way of being. I I do know that over this last summer, I've been spending quite a bit of time talking about walking the way of Christ, like walking with Jesus. Slowing your pace down, walking at the speed of God, which is about three miles an hour, since God walks with humanity. He did from the garden, he did with his disciples, and he does with you and I. If we could reclaim that spiritual practice of physically walking, with God and having this abiding connection to the person and the presence of Jesus, then the promise is here. Fruitfulness, impact. Oh, and by the way, um, when it says here that apart from me you can do nothing, um, I, I know for a fact that there have been seasons in my life where I have been doing a whole lot And yet I don't feel like my life is very fruitful. So I don't think he's just saying, like, apart from me, you're not going to expend a tremendous amount of energy. Because I actually believe it's the opposite. The less connected we are to Jesus, the more energy we spend trying to make life work. Jesus is either speaking the truth or he's lying. When he says, learn from me, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. There's an ease about Jesus and there's an ease about producing fruit in life that comes from the abiding place and not from the striving place. You know what I'm saying? So you've heard me say this stuff before. So I just want to just spend just a moment talking about some things. And I have to, um, I have to just let you know on this front end here, which I'm about, you know, a quarter of the way in, so it's not really the front end anymore. But I would say this, that I have a wedding that I'm going to today that I'm actually officiating right after this. Isn't that exciting? So if you see me finish up and then start my truck and leave, it's only because I have to be somewhere. It's a wedding, and they asked me to do it, so I better show up. 
You know, I was thinking about this. You know, it's, it's really clear to me why Jesus came to the earth. I mean, John 3.16 makes it clear. I mean, God loves humanity. And when God loves someone, he sends somebody and he sent his son. So we understand that. We understand that God sent his son so that we could have eternal life. And we also understand that that means that after you die, you'll spend eternity with God in heaven. But let me just say that there's more to the reason than just you'll have a place in heaven and you'll not go to hell. That there are people living on the planet, and you might be able to relate to this in some different seasons of your life, or perhaps even now, where you're literally living in hell on earth. And that there is a deliverance from torment. There's a deliverance from the effects of sin and guilt. There's a, there's a freedom that Jesus has come, not just for after you die, but for the now, for the here and now. And so isn't it amazing that when Jesus says, I've come to give you abundant life, he's, yeah, of course he's speaking of life eternal and he's speaking of now. You can experience this now, life now, hope now, peace now, love now. And so I'm all too aware, I mean, personally, I'm all too aware of the struggle, right? I mean, many of us, we experience things like bouts of depression anxiety, hopelessness, fear. All of these things are real when it comes to our humanity. And it's even more real when we're disconnected from the source of life and hope and peace. This is why Jesus came. So that we could experience this abiding place with him in our humanity. Life abundant. And this is why we want to abide in Christ as a way. You know, I was looking at the word, the Greek word here is um, meno, M-E-N-O. And when it refers to a place, like the abiding place, think about place, it's, um, it's really speaking about being present. Being present. And, um, and it's also referring to being constantly held or kept. So when you have this abiding place, you are constantly being held you're being kept and it's present it's right now when it's referring to time it's referring to enduring time and not perishing and so it's eternal and when it's referring to a condition abiding with christ is the condition of remaining as one you and christ christ in you and so i love it this is one of my favorite things to talk about. In fact, when I was with the, the Young Life group last week, a week or so ago, Tiffany and I went out to Young Life and spoke with them. Uh, you got to know that I circled around some of this with them. It's just, it's just part of the message. And so one way that we abide with Christ is, I'm just going to go through three different practical ways that we can abide in Christ. And they, they may not seem very practical to you if you have not had a journey of abiding with Christ, but I want to just start with something that you can actually put your hands to that's accessible. And that is we abide in his teachings. We abide in his teachings. If you read through John 15, you'll say, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. 
So there's something about Jesus saying, like, you've already been cleansed because of the words that I've spoken to you. Speaking about, like, his teachings. So one of the ways that we can um, abide in Jesus is we abide in his teachings. We're encouraged in 2 John 1, 9. Anyone who does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Let me let that sink in for a second. You know, there's some real emphatics in the scripture, right? And sometimes we like to dance around them a little bit because they make us uncomfortable. How about we step right into it? Step right into it and recognize that there is something important for us here, that we are to abide in the teachings of Christ. And if we don't, then we might say that we're a follower of Jesus, but actually we're kind of more following our own way. And so it goes on to say this, that the one who abides in the teachings, he has both the Father and the Son. So the teachings of Christ bring to us, become the bridge for us to have a practical experience that can be growing and maturing and a real intentional way for you and I to start stepping towards this abiding relationship that we have with Jesus. Start abiding in his teachings. If you haven't read the Bible in a while, I just want to encourage you to pick that book up. And if you're kind of confused about where to start, look for the red letters and start there. Abide in Christ by abiding in his teachings. And as we'll see here, it's not enough to just to abide like as though it was some kind of like idea, like some aspect of Jesus. But you have to let that thing, whatever that thing is about Jesus, you have to let it abide in you. It's not enough that we would have mental assent towards something. We want to let it come in and impact us. The psalmist wrote this in uh, Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, you know the word sin there is really important because it's not just I have hidden your word in my heart so that I won't make a mistake, so that you won't get mad at me, so that whatever, whatever, whatever. It's actually so that I would aim true. It's an archery term. So if, if if you see the word sin there, it means that you've missed the mark. So I have, the psalmist is saying, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I can aim true in life. So that I don't miss the mark. Isn't that powerful? Now, here's the thing. It's, it's, again, not just that you would abide in the teachings of Jesus. It's not just that I would have knowledge of his words, but that I would allow his words, his teachings to enter into my life. Think of it in terms of food, okay? Um, because for some reason, I don't know why, but I've been eating so much lately. It doesn't make sense to me. Because I haven't been exercising that much. So it just happens, right? But I can tell you this, that, um, that it's one thing for me to go to the grocery store and buy food and put it in my house. And I can look at that food and I can admire the beauty of that food. But unless I actually ingest it and let it metabolize into me, it has no impact on my life. There's no benefit to that food at all for me. So it is with the word of Jesus the teachings of Christ. We have to let it metabolize into our thinking. We have to, so we meditate on the words of Christ. And I think that that's really important for us, okay? So there it is. Um, 
I can memorize the teachings of Jesus, I can quote the scripture, but unless I ingest it and, and allow it to really impact my thinking, I will not allow the teachings of Jesus to really change me and transform my life in a way that really informs not only my decisions of where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to like interact with people, but it actually begins to transform my reactions, those involuntary sort of responses and triggers that I have. So Jesus' words help us become more fruitful in life. And we want to abide in his teachings. All right. So there it is. And uh, another way that we abide in Christ and him in us is through his presence. Now, this is where it starts to get a little bit more subjective for people because, you know, people can like grab hold of like, give me the disciplines. Tell me what to do. Okay, read my Bible. I can do that. Well, it's more than just read your Bible, like ingest it. Okay. And one of the reasons that this is really important for us about the presence of the Lord is because whether you realize it or not, you are not designed to live in the toxicity of the world apart from the presence of Jesus. You cannot do it. Uh, I took up scuba diving a while back. Um, yeah, it's beautiful down there. I just hope my BCD doesn't stop working. Because if my BCD stops working, unless I have a dive buddy right with me, there's a good chance I'm going to drown under there, right? So listen to this, Psalm 16, verse 11. You have made known to me the path of life. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. You will fill me with joy in your presence. How many of you know the toxicity of the world is like trying to breathe underwater? How many of you know that the condition of our world that we live in is not designed for flourishing? It's not designed for you and I to experience the kind of joy that is being spoken of here. The promise is that you will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. Now that sounds like living, all right? And how about Psalm 98, 15? Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence. There's something about walking in the presence of the Lord that is sustaining for us. It's like, you know, it's like having that BCD under the water. It's your life support system. And I just want to point that out that, you know, if we've been disconnected at all and we've been trying to, uh, you know, exist without the presence of the Lord for any length of time at all, it's kind of like the old... Uh, joke, you know, how long can you tread water? It's like, yeah. We have choices to make, and one of the choices that we have daily is to enter into a conversational relationship with the presence of Jesus. Now, how do you do that? Well, I believe it begins by meditating on his teachings. And it, and it extends from that, because his word is the lamp to our feet, it extends from that place of reading the scriptures, reading the teachings of Jesus. Let me just invite you to try this. As a practical, accessible way of connecting with the presence of the Lord, 
combine it with your reading of the teachings of Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit. You ready for this? Ask the Holy Spirit to take over your imagination and help you enter into the scripture. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you connect with the presence of the Lord through your internal spiritual senses. You know, we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. You know that we have eyes in our hearts, like Paul prays, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be open. We, we know these things. So I just want to encourage us, let the teachings of Jesus come in and let them inform our experience with the presence of Christ himself. Let the words of Christ become the seedbed for your experiential connection with the presence of the Lord. And let the presence of the Lord be the atmosphere that you live in. And we're going to talk, you know, it's going deeper here because I want to read out of Job 33, 4. The Spirit of God has made me. Get this. Job 33, 4. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. I want you to take a deep breath and thank the Lord for that breath. And thank the Lord that his presence surrounds you that he will never forsake you, he will never leave you, and that you do not have to live in the toxicity of this world without him as your life support. He brings life to us. I'm so convinced of it. It's not just concept. I'm so convinced of it. You guys ready for this? This may be like a little bit in the weird zone for some of you, but when I take a deep breath, aware of the presence of the Lord, I trust that he's filling my lungs and that he's actually going into my blood system. And that he's actually going to every cell of my physical body. So this is the life that, want, that God wants to give us, body, soul, and spirit. He is filling us with his presence. He is surrounding us with his presence. We are, we are so like, connected to Jesus, whether you recognize it or not, that we were meant to abide in his presence that way. Now, thirdly, of course, we abide in the teachings of Christ. We abide in the presence of Christ. And thirdly, we abide in the love of Jesus. We abide in his love. This is at the core of it. I want to read 1 John. I know I'm throwing a ton of scripture at you. I think it's going to be great when you listen to the podcast and you'll take, you know, your your notes. But listen to this one out of 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth, that we have set our hearts at rest in his presence. It kind of ties it all together, doesn't it? So we have this love of Christ that ties it together for it, the word of truth, the breath of his presence. And it brings me to kind of turn the page here a little bit and ask a question in light of all of the benefits of abiding in Christ. Okay, all of this has been pointed towards what? You will have fruit. You will have a way of life that is sustainable. You'll have a way of existence that is bringing joy into your life, even in the toxicity of our world around us. But I want to share something with you. It's not one-sided. The benefits of you abiding in Christ, yes, abundant life, 
fruitfulness abiding in him, in his teachings, in his presence, and in his love. But I want you to know something. There's a benefit to Christ when you abide in him and him in you. So can we kind of lift our eyes a little bit and recognize that we can encourage that with all the benefits. I want to just offer this thought. What benefit is there to Christ himself? Was the reason he came simply to save us, to give us a way to exist in this world, to give us some help and give us some hope and some love and some peace? Well, of course, absolutely, absolutely. And I would propose to you that there's something deeper on his end that motivated him to make a way for us as well. I have it in my heart that there is a tremendous gift that Jesus is receiving as well. Listen to Isaiah 61.10. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with his garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with garland. And as the bride adorns herself with her jewels. Let's move down to Isaiah 62.5. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Now, I've got wedding in my brain because, you know, I'm going to a wedding. I'm going to do a wedding. But honestly, I didn't think about this in connection to the wedding that I'm doing today. But I told Tiffany this yesterday. I was like, do you realize that over the summer we've been to a lot of weddings? And it's one of the most hopeful experiences that we've had this summer. Weddings. Could it be that the Father, God, sent his son, Jesus, because of his great love for you? Yes. But also because of his great love for his son? That his son was going to receive an inheritance? And it's you? As the bride? That there's a union that Christ is excited about. That there's something of joy that brings life to Jesus. I know that that's kind of a concept where you're like, well, he's got everything and he's like God and like, what? Let your heart just come back down to the reality that when he ascended into heaven, he ascended with scars in his physical body. He's still a man. He's still, a, I, I don't know. It's like, let's, let's embrace the mystery of that, right? But let's enter into the reality that this is a, a love relationship between you and Jesus that is deeper and more full than many of us remember on a good day. I want us to remember it on this good day. What else could the king of glory long for? He created all things, and yet he gave you and I the free will to love him, to choose him, to abide in him. The Lord doesn't need an army. His angels are powerful. He doesn't need servants. His holy servants, the angels, are very capable. But can I propose that the one thing that the angels cannot give to him is the one thing that we can, and that is the free will choice 
to enter into a love relationship with him as a bride to a bridegroom. Bridegroom King Jesus and his heart desires that. So we see it all throughout the narrative of Scripture. I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> I mean, literally, like if you knew the Scriptures I had here. And some of you are like, yeah, let's do it. I got another bit of time. Well, all right, well, let's do it. Song of Solomon 4, 10 through 11. Your lips, my bride, drip honey. Honey and milk are under your tongue. And the fragrance of your garments are like the fragrance of Lebanon. A garden locked is my sister, my bride. A garden locked, a spring sealed up. How about Matthew 25? The kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast and the door was shut. Later the other virgins came saying, Lord, Lord, open it up for us. But he answered them, truly I say to you, I don't really know you. Wow. So this abiding place with Jesus is about knowing and about being known. It's about intimacy. And I love Revelation 21 too. I saw a holy city in New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Friends, you and I, we have a lot of different facets to our identity. But I would say the one that's most brilliant is you are the bride of Christ. And so this abiding place, it's not only for you to abide in Christ and for Christ to abide in you so that you could have fruitful life and that you could be sustained in life. It's not just for the sake of our payoff. The benefits of life and fruitfulness, I mean, as we enter into this abiding place, because you and I are an inheritance that the Father is making ready for his Son. So we allow ourselves to fulfill the longings of Jesus by entering deeply into this abiding place with Christ. And that's all. That's all I wanted to share this morning. And I would absolutely love to pray with you because I think that one of the things that we need more than ever is, um, well, in a word, revival. (laughs) And let's let this be revived in us. Let's let the abiding place that we have with Jesus be revived in us and let us experience it more and more in real terms. So with that, I'd love to pray for you. Um, I'm going to let you just stand up. I know you've gotten pretty comfy there, but I want to go ahead and let you stand up and let's pray together and we'll conclude our time. And um, yeah, it's so beautiful. So with that, Jesus... I want to ask for you to bring a demonstration of your power. I don't know how that's going to look, but one thing that I do know is in my observation over these last several months, it seems to me that people have been connecting with you more quickly and more deeply. And so I want that to be the power that's on display here. So Jesus... We invite you to connect with us more deeply and more fully. I pray, Lord, that you would just settle our hearts right now. We're just going to pause for a moment. Begin to make it personal between you and Jesus. 
asking him to help you enter into a deeper abiding place with him. Jesus, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would be present anytime we choose to enter into your teachings. Anytime we choose to enter into your words. I pray that you would make us more aware of your presence. That we would abide in your presence. And I pray that we would have experiential encounters with your love. And in that, Lord, I pray that it would grow more and more to be a mutually shared experience between us and you. That our hearts shared with you would be hearts that are in love with you as a bride in love with her bridegroom. That we would that we would find secure attachment to you that in the days and the weeks ahead would be marked as a turning point for many of us that things are being revived in our lives because of our communion with you come Holy Spirit settle on not only us as a church as a community of faith, but settle on this city. So Jesus, I just, um, in whatever capacity I have, given the authority that you've given to me, and you've given it to all of us, Lord, as your, as your sons and your daughters, I just want to speak out in the authority of Jesus Christ and declare that you have been made, friends, you have been created to abide with Christ and that is your most sustainable, safe place. And I just want to pray right now that this entire region, the city in particular, Lord, let this city and the people in this city experience it more and more. Bring revival to the city as you draw us in to this place that we're describing today. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace that extends beyond our morning here. Thank you that there are seeds that are being planted. I just want to ask, Lord, that whatever is of you would be sealed by your Holy Spirit and it would take root that would produce fruit, fruit that remains. And I pray that whatever is not of you would just blow off like chaff in the wind. Come, Lord. Lord, this feels like a pretty significant morning for some reason to me. Not only because of this message, but also what's going on with our kids. I just want to circle back around to praying for our children. Lord, um, I want to pray not only for our littles, like the kids in nursery and the kids in you know, focus group, but I want to pray for our middle school and high school kids as well, and those who are transitioning out into college or work or whatever it is you have for them after high school. Lord, I know that your heart is for the children of this community as much as it is for any one of us. And so, Lord, I just want to ask for you to give us understanding and grace to steward this well, like steward what you would have us engage in. 
for the sake of our kids. Lord, this is a prayer of my heart. But Lord, we just want to thank you for this morning. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the worship that we've shared together. We thank you that your praises have been like sent out into the city. And we thank you for the encouragement of your word. And we thank you for your presence that goes with us now. And so friends, I bless you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Lift up his countenance to you. And and the Lord be gracious to you. Give you favor. I pray all this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.